So this class ends in two more weeks. The Sunday before Easter will be the last class. So there'll be two more. And uh, then after that, uh, Pastor Mike will be teaching a class in here. I think that his class is something like uh, uh, Contemporary Problems. <laughs> That'll be fun. Hot Buttons or something like that. Uh, anyway, it'll, you'll enjoy the class if you stay here. And uh, there'll be other classes in the other buildings starting after Easter as well, some newer ones. Okay. Ready or not, here we go. Now, the first one probably would be the easiest one, the first and the last one. The last one, if anybody misses that one, uh, then you have to pay the $1,000, whoever gets them all right. Uh, the, uh, the Number one, first one is we hear a trumpet sound, and Jesus says, come up here. So, anybody get that one right? Oh, yeah, good for you. Super. Okay, number two, we receive glorified bodies. Here's a trumpet sound, da -da 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 -da, and all of a sudden, ah, wow, all the pains are gone. Cool. Our bodies are changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. All right, number three, we take off from the ground and meet Jesus in the air. You get them right so far, Paula? <laughs> All right. Number four, we go to heaven. So those are all real close. Bing, 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 bing. Okay, this one here, some of you might not have gotten this. be a little tougher one. Five, we didn't spend a lot of time on it. There's an undisclosed intermission. There'll be a little bit of a break probably by the time, poop, we take off to heaven and the seven-year tribulation officially begins. Uh, we don't know exactly when that, how that is, but there's a transition with the world events and various things happening, taking place. Now, number six is the judgment seat of Christ, but if you get that somewhere along the line in the next 10, it can happen actually any time. We don't know when it happens, but it'll happen before we come back. But I'm thinking it'll be fairly soon. But if you get it 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, uh, give yourself credit uh, for that one, the judgment seat of Christ. Number seven, the Jewish temple. The third temple is built. The one that's built either shortly before, shortly after the tribulation begins called the third temple or the tribulation temple. So anybody got them all right so far? Nobody? Wow. Well, that's too bad. I had the check all written out, just had to put a name on it. Okay, next, the Antichrist, the beast broker is a peace treaty between Israel and the world. Remember, this is sort of the official starting gun start of the tribulation is when that happens. Nine, the seal judgments take place. We're in the tribulation now. Tribulation begins with seven judgments called the seal judgments.
Ten, the trumpet judgments take place. So the tribulation is made up of three uh, groups of judgments, each with seven. Number 11, the Antichrist breaks the peace treaty, des desecrates the temple, declares himself to be God, the official middle of the tribulation. Number 12, the bold judgments take place. Thirteen, the third temple is destroyed. Again, that one uh, could be anywhere from 13 to 17, uh, but somewhere towards the end of the tribulation, uh, that'll happen. Number 14, all of Israel repents and turns to Jesus as their Messiah. Sixteen, the Battle of Armageddon is fought. Fifteen, excuse me, Jesus returns to the earth as the king. And we're with him on white horses. Cool, huh? <laughs> and I'm going to be on a Harley Davidson, but... Uh, 16, the battle of Armageddon is fought. The devil and all those that he's gathered up is waiting for Jesus, and they think they can destroy him, and they don't last long. 17, the devil, the false prophet, and the Antichrist are bound and thrown into the abyss. 18, a 75-day intermission takes place. Part of the reason is to bury all the dead people from the battle. 19, the sheep and goat judgment is held. This is all the people that are alive at the end of the tribulation. Sheep and goat judgment, those who enter into the millennium alive are the sheep, those who get pitched into the lake of fire are the goats. 20, Jesus rebuilds the millennial temple. So the temple is built again. This would be the fourth time. And as Jesus builds it, it's described in the book of Ezekiel. It's the one that's in the millennial kingdom. Twenty-one, the new Jerusalem will descend and sit in Jerusalem. That will be where we live, the church. Twenty-two, the wedding of the Lamb and the wedding feast when the church is eternally joined with Jesus. Twenty-three, the judgment of all individuals who are part of Israel will take place. 
Every individual from Isaac on down, all those will be resurrected. Ezekiel describes that. They'll all be judged, come into the millennial kingdom or not. 24, the millennial kingdom begins. 1,000 year rule of Jesus on the earth. A literal kingdom. Big jump now to 25. The devil is released for a short time and deceives the nations of the world and they rebel against Jesus and are destroyed. Twenty-six. the great white throne judgment is held. Every individual has not been at the great, uh, at the judgment of the nation of Israel or the sheep and goat judgment or the uh, judgment seat of Christ. All of them will go through this judgment. Their names not found written in the Lamb's book of life. They are thrown into the lake of fire. 27, the present earth and heavens are destroyed. New heavens and earth are created. Now, you should have got this last one. <laughs> should have got this last one. We live happily ever after. Did anybody put that uh, somewhere before the end? <laughs> so I would have thought the first one, the last one, you could have got everything else is kind of maybe a limit. So did anybody get them all right? Huh, that's too bad. Yeah. All right, that's, uh, you can keep that. Um, so we're going to uh, talk about another topic here now, and I'm going to go through it a lot faster than I should, but uh, I don't have time to do it justice in the time we have left here. But uh, just as an explanation, in Revelation, the book of Revelation is the end time, at the very beginning, chapter 2 and chapter 3, I memorized those two chapters. It's seven churches starts with the church of Ephesus. It ends with the church of Laodicea. Um, and they're churches that existed when John wrote the book of Revelation. And Jesus is talking to John, and he's recording and putting all this down to go to the churches. And as you read those about those seven churches, we'll look at it. Uh, you can look at it from seven perspectives. One are these are churches that existed at the time. Second one is this is the characteristics of all churches all through the time today. We can say, yeah, our church is most like the church of Smyrna or most like the church of Sardis or uh, Ephesus or Laodicea. Churches have characteristics of these churches. And so we don't want to be, uh, there's several churches that nothing good is said about them. And several of the churches, nothing bad is said about them. And uh, so that's kind of what we would like to be. And then, then the other uh, one that's a fun one to study, and it's a class I'm going to teach here one of these days, is on church history. Uh, the church began on the day of Pentecost, and it will end on the day of the rapture. And so that's a definitive period of time with a given number of individuals. And through that time, there's been just all kinds of history. Uh, and so one of the, the ways that I like to study this passage of, of uh, Revelation 2 and 3 is uh, seeing it as the history of the church. And so I'm going to go through that real quick for you, and uh, you don't have any notes for it, but you can just kind of listen. Church of Ephesus, 
was the first one. It's uh, the apostolic church. That was the very beginning with the apostles starting uh, John and, and then the church fathers, the early church fathers. One of the things that I do, I like to do is read uh, the writings of the early church fathers back to where they have all that. And you assume that because they're clear back there 300 years after Christ that they're going to still be fairly pure. But if you look at the church of Ephesus, I'll read it uh, the, to the angel of the church in Ephesus. The word angel, uh, two possibilities if you want to look at that. One is that every church has an angel assigned to the church. Uh, it, it's clear that uh, nations have angels uh, <clears throat> that are in charge of the, uh, and then there's a hierarchy underneath of that. So there would be an angel of Jefferson Baptist Church uh, that's sort of overseeing that. And the other one is the angel, the word angel also means uh, messenger or speaker. It could be the word that they're applying for the pastor of the church. And uh, so it's to the angel of the church in Ephesus the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven golden lampstands, says this, I know your deeds. I know your deeds. He knows our deeds, everything that we do, and your toil and perseverance, and that you cannot tolerate evil men. You put to the test those who call themselves apostles. Now, back in the early church, one of the problems they had is that Paul was writing letters going to the churches. And so others decided to jump on the bandwagon and write letters too. Well, they were a nobody, and so they would put, uh, their, they would sign it as uh, the letter from Barnabas or Silas. Uh, they would just make up names of various individuals and send letters out, but it was not accurate. It was false teaching. And so one of the things the churches in the, at the beginning had to be careful of is all these, this information coming out, and much of it was wrong. Paul was always dealing with that, and most of the letters he writes, you can read and see where he's correcting doctrine that got to them from a wrong source. And he says, uh, you put to the test those who call themselves apostles, those who think that they're hot shots and know what's going on, and uh, they're not. You found them to be false. You have perseverance. You've endured for my name's sake. You've not grown weary, but I have this against you that you've left your first love. And it's interesting, the church that was the very beginning, the apostolic church, the one that knew what was true and what was false, that tested false prophets, they left their first love. It's an easy thing to do for people like me that tend to be uh, heavy on information, on uh, content, on uh, reading and studying and getting things right. Um, academically. They're sort of wired that way. That's easy for that to happen. You, you got all the right answers, but you've drifted away from a relationship. And so uh, there's a warning to the church, uh, to any church and every church. Therefore, remember from where you've fallen and repent and do the deeds you did at first or else I'm coming to you. We'll remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. It's always fun to ask people, what do you think that means, remove your lampstand out of its place? And this is written to a church. Uh, I think what it means, if we were to make application to today to our church, that you are going to lose your witness, your testimony. You're going to influence very few people. Not many people are going to come into the family of God because you exist as a church. And we could ask the question, why do we exist? What's the purpose? Primary purpose is to be a witness for Jesus, to go and to make disciples of the whole world. And, uh, and so if you have your lampstand taken out of its place, that means that's not going to happen. 
You're just going to spin your wheels and um, have potlucks, sell raffle tickets, um, play church. And you might know a lot of stuff past this quiz, perfect. But your relationship has kind of gotten wooden and dead and artificial. And so it's always a good thing to check. And so this is what happened to the first church. They were uh, right in line, obviously, when Jesus was there and the apostles were there. And they quickly um, lost their relationship with Jesus. Uh, yet this you do have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Everybody's debated this over years, exactly what that was. And it obviously is a group that was teaching something that was false. That was false. It was a problem. He was an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I'll grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. And so every one of the churches that has that statement, if you have an ear, pay attention to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. So there's this obvious uh, contemporary application the church of Smyrna is one of the churches nothing bad is said about. There's only two of them. Uh, nothing uh, is bad is said. And so we'll call this the persecuted church. Shortly after the church begins, the apostolic follows, the church is growing, and then persecution starts. Heavy, time, heavy. To the angel of the church in Smyrna write, the first and the last who was dead has come to life, says this, I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. And the blasphemy by those who say that they are Jews. One of the sources of persecution against the Christian church was the Jews. And so they are not but a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. So this church went through it. If you want to read the history of the suffering church during this period, Fox's Book of Martyrs, I don't want to read it before you go to bed. It'll give you nightmares. But the Roman government was a major uh, persecutor of the church as well as the Jews. Um, Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison so that you will be tested. You will have tribulation for 10 days. Now, if you read church history, you'll see that there were 10 basic uh, Roman emperors uh, during this time that persecuted the church. And so the 10 days can mean any number of things, but possibility is there were 10 successive emperors and each one as one died and the next one came or killed or whatever happened there was a bit of a lull and then the next one and started again and the persecution through these 10 emperors was really severe be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life he was an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches he who overcomes will not be hurt by the second death so this is a very positive church. Nothing bad said about them, but not necessarily a good time of history to live in if you were a believer because persecution was about guaranteed if you were faithful. <clears throat> church of Pergamum. This is the state church. And so Constantine was a Roman emperor, and he supposedly becomes a Christian, and he makes Christianity the state religion. Now it goes from being the persecuted church to the... Uh, official church. Now, whenever you make uh, Christianity the, the religion of the government, uh, it's going to have some major problems. When politics gets involved in, in the church, then things are going to go uh, bad quickly. To the angel of the church in Pergamum write, the one who has the sharp two-edged sword says this, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. You're not in a good place. And you hold fast my name and did not deny my faith even in the days of Anthemus, my witness. 
my faithful one who was killed among you. He was one of those that got martyred where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you. <laughs> I would like Jesus writing that to your church. I have a few things against you because you have there some who hold the teaching of Balaam who kept teaching Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel to eat things sacrificed to idols and to commit acts of immorality. And so the Romans, uh, the, that empire had kind of become a hodgepodge of religions of every uh, place around the world. And, uh, and so they began incorporating that into the church, a bunch of this heresy from other religions. So you also have some who in the same way hold the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Therefore repent or else I'm coming to you quickly. I will make war against them with the sword of my mouth. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to him who overcomes. To him I will give some of the hidden manna. I will give him a white stone and a new name written on the stone which, one knows, which no one knows but he who receives it. As far as uh, church history, I love reading church history and I read it all the time. This is sort of my favorite period. It's the bad time for the church in which a lot of bad teaching, false teaching gets introduced, but it's fascinating reading about what takes place during this era in the church. It's about, if you're looking at it from an uh, age point of view, it's about 313 to 590. 313, uh, Constantine became, uh, becomes emperor uh, to about the year 590. The church of Thyatira, this is when uh, the, we would call the papal church uh, the Catholic Church becomes the, it's now the Holy Roman Empire, the Holy Roman Empire, and uh, the, the Catholic Church is basically the church of the world, and uh, they become uh, very, very liberal, tons of false teaching. Again, this is a great period of church history to read about, to see uh, what happens. There's some fascinating things, the Crusades, all kinds of things happen during this period. To the angel of the church in Thyatira, right, the son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet are like burnished bronze, says this, I know your deeds and your love and faith and service and perseverance, that your deeds of late are greater than at first, but I have this against you, that you tolerate the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, and she teaches and leads my bondservants astray so that they commit acts of immorality, eat things sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent. She does not want to repent of her immorality. And so... Uh, as you read about the nation of Israel in the Old Testament and they're wandering away from God and they begin to worship Baal and all the gods of the various nations around them, what does God call that? He calls that idolatry and he also calls it uh, adultery, spiritual adultery uh, because they're going after all these other gods and so that's what this era is kind of called she does not want to repent of her immorality behold I will throw on her bed of sickness and those who commit adultery with her adultery spiritual adultery will, will into great tribulation unless they repent of her deeds and I will kill her children with pestilence and all the churches will know that I'm he who searches the minds and hearts and I will give to each one of you according to your deeds but I say to you to the rest who are in Thyatira who do not hold this teaching who have not known the deep things of Satan as they call them I place no other burden on you Nevertheless, what you have, hold fast until I come. He who overcomes, he who keeps my deeds until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of the potter are broken to pieces. As I also have received authority from my Father, I will give him the morning star. He who is an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Most of these individuals are not going to be saved. A few will come through, uh, and they will be, but this is the uh, papal church 
the church that's mixed in with the government, uh, the church of Sardis. And uh, 1517, you have individuals like Martin Luther and Zwingli and John Calvin and a number of other reformers. And you have the whole Reformation movement that takes place. To the angel of the church in Sardis write, He who has the seven spirits of God, the seven stars, says this, I know your deeds, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen the things that remain which were about to die. I have not found your deeds completed in the sight of my God. They began as the Reformation started, uh, but they didn't really come close to going far enough. I have not found your deeds completed in the sight of my God. So remember what you have received and heard and keep it and repent. Therefore, if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I will come to you. But you have a few people in Sardis, a few, who have not soiled their garments, they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes will thus be clothed in white garments. I will not erase his name from the book of life, and I will confess his name before my Father, before his angels. He who is an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So, uh, Smyrna, we're going to give you a quiz. Nothing wrong, bad said about them. What's the second church nothing wrong, bad is said about? If you remember Church of Philadelphia, Church of Philadelphia. This is the missionary church. Uh, this is an era of all the, the great revivals to take place in this era. Um, and if you read about the revivals, the Welsh revival and the revival in, in the South Africa, in the United States, all over, that's when all the Bible colleges were started, all the missionary movements began uh, during this era. Uh, 1730 to 1900, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, He who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, who shuts and no one opens, says this, I know your deeds. Behold, I have put before you an open door which no one can shut. Now that's a great blessing. I pray that for myself every day. Lord, please grant me open doors, opportunities uh, to serve you, to witness, to bear fruit for you. He says to this church, I've opened up a door which no one can shut. Uh, because you have a little power, you don't even need a lot. You've kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will cause those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not but lie. I will make them come and bow down at your feet. Make them know that I have loved you because you have kept the word of my perseverance. I also will keep you from the hour of testing. That's one of the verses we use for uh, a proof that we wouldn't go through the tribulation. Church of, I will keep you from the hour of testing. That hour which is about to come upon the whole world. Test those who dwell on the earth. I'm coming quickly. Hold fast what you have so that no one will take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. He will not go out from it anymore. And I will write on him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem which comes down out of heaven from my God, my new name. Who, he who is an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So, be cool to be called the Church of Philadelphia. Uh, and uh, Church of Laodicea, the last one. Uh, that would be if we do church history, uh, each of these representing a, an era of church history, that would be the era that we live in now. We live in the era or the time period of the Church of Laodicea. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, the amen, the faithful and true witness, uh, <clears throat> says this, I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. 
I wish that you were cold or hot, so because you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Now, I don't know exactly what that means, but I do know that's not a good thing. Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy, have need of nothing, you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich, white garments so that you may clothe yourself and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed, and eye salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love I reprove and discipline, therefore be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him, will dine with him, and he with me. He who overcomes, I will grant to, sit, grant to him to sit down with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who is an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And so that would be the invitation to churches in our era is you're lukewarm, you go through the motions, uh, you have a name uh, that you're alive but you're not. And so that would be the seven ages. And again, I'm going to teach a class on church history and we'll see the details of all that in the future. And I'm now five minutes late from quitting, so I'm going to pray and uh, I'll see you next week. Thank you for uh, being willing to just take extra 15 minutes uh, and talk or whatever or <laughs> go home early. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. I pray that each of us will be faithful as we look forward to you returning, look forward to getting our glorified body Look forward, Lord, to living with you forever and ever. We want to be the church of Philadelphia, the church of Smyrna, that's pure, that's reaching the lost, that's making disciples. We want to do your will. Help us to do that more and more as we wait for you, Lord Jesus, to come and take us to live with you forever in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.